Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So excited that you joined us again for our study of the book of 1 John. Uh, We're learning how to walk in light and walk in love. And we're right here in verse number one. Uh, Last episode, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, we talked about the introduction to the book 1 John, the author, obviously, the Apostle John, uh, the audience. Uh, In those days, really Christians everywhere. This would be an encyclical letter, which was meant to be read at various churches. Uh, John spent most of his later ministry in Ephesus. And out of Ephesus were started a number of key churches in Asia Minor. And if you're picturing, if you're kind of a geography buff, you're picturing a Western Turkey, that's where the churches of Asia Minor were. And uh, remember, John, when he wrote his last book, uh, the book of the Revelation, he, sp- he specifically addressed each one of those Asian churches uh, there, and he began with Ephesus. Uh, so... Uh, with all of that in mind, let's jump right into the letter itself. So 1 John chapter 1, if you have a Bible and you can look along, uh, that probably would be best. Uh, but if you don't, just listen carefully and we'll dive right in. So 1 John chapter 1, and to look at verse 1, where the Bible says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. So the letter begins with John, and really John is speaking on behalf of the other apostles. So John, that which we have seen, we've heard, we've looked upon, we've touched of the word of life. And see there the word word is capitalized. It's a reference to uh, the word himself, the logos, the Lord Jesus. So The book of 1 John begins with John's testimony of having a relationship with Jesus. And it's kind of an odd way to say it, but I think as this episode unfolds, you're going to see why John went through each one of those descriptions of his relationship with Christ. Uh, And a lot of it goes back to what error he was dealing with. Exactly right, Pastor. As we talked about last episode, how that there are a lot of connections between this epistle and the Gospel of John. We'll talk about that along the way. But also, he was dealing with the air. We mentioned in the last episode how the, there were already people believing that Jesus was not was not really man. You know, he seemed to be man, but he really was not man. But John knows that that is bedrock. That is foundational to Christianity. Jesus had to be the God-man. And Hebrews 2 talks about this. I won't get into that right now. But Jesus Christ had to come in, in, in flesh. And so it is very important that John laid this foundation down about the Word and who the Word is. So the Bible says, that which was from the beginning, which is very interesting because in the book of John, uh, John kind of starts the same way. Uh, Let me say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. So here in the book of 1 John, it's the same foundational basis. He's going back to the beginning. In other words, Jesus was not a created being. You know, Jesus 
uh, was from the in the beginning was the Word. The, this is the 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 pre-incarnate Son of God, the eternal Son, that which was from the beginning. So specifically, when John brings this out, what 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 what's the point of it? Why is he going back to the beginning? It is interesting here, and you talked about that, Pastor. I think about how that in the Gospel of John, what he really is emphasizing is that Jesus Christ is God. You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, really emphasizing the deity of Jesus Christ. He is God in flesh. Here, in, as he begins this, he really is emphasizing more God in flesh, how that he is the one that they have handled. Right, they have so, seen. The, so the beginning here exactly is, the, right. is the beginning of his humanity. Exactly yeah. right, yes. When right. he came down, that John is emphasizing that John experienced Jesus Christ in the flesh in the beginning. That, that, that's who Jesus Christ is with John now. Sometimes you hear the fancy term hypostatic, hypostatic union. And all that means is that we believe in Christian theology that Jesus is all God, right? That's his divine nature, but he's all man. It's not like he's half God, half man. No, he's not a hybrid. He's all God, all man. That's the hypostatic union. So here the Bible says, in that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So John now brings into play the, the, the senses that detect physicality. So if something is real, we can hear it. If I knock on this desk, you know, if I hear your voice, I know that there's a physical presence. So that which we have heard, then the Bible says, and that which we have seen with our eyes. So this is the power of eyewitness testimony. It sure is, which is very powerful throughout history. I think of the Mosaic Law, how under two or three witnesses, there could be, you know, a verdict rendered. And even today, how eyewitness testimony is important. And John is bringing these different senses in for people to understand, you know, Jesus was not some phantom. He was just not some spirit. No, he really was flesh and blood that walked upon this earth. And John is using all these sensory perceptions to emphasize that fact that Jesus truly was God in flesh. So I think about... And, and maybe your mind went here as well. Think about 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where the Apostle Paul is declaring the gospel, which they had already knew. But it's interesting, as Paul declared the gospel, he said, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. But then he said, it's the witnessed resurrection of Christ. So one of the primary reasons that Paul gave as to the validity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, or the authenticity of it, was the fact that it was eyewitnessed. So he said, hey, the, the apostles saw it. James, the brother of the Lord, after, remember James, as a brother of Jesus, didn't believe on Jesus during his earthly ministry, but it was the resurrected Christ that caused James to believe. And then, remember, he was seen of above 500 people at one time, some of those people, Paul said at the writing of 1 Corinthians, are still alive. In other words, if you don't believe me, ask them. So the power of eyewitness testimony is, is incontrovertible. And that's what John is saying. Listen, th this heresy that's floating around, that Jesus was just a ghost or Jesus was just kind of a, an ethereal presence. I'm telling you, I was there. I, I, I heard him. We saw him with our very eyes. What is John doing here? John is speaking to the authenticity of the humanity of Jesus. 
And it is interesting how quickly in the early church people began to depart from the, the faith and begin to think, well, we're hear these, we, we hear these these charismatic teachers, you know, these well-spoken teachers who are talking about, well, Jesus just seemed to be seemed to be man. He really wasn't man. And people very quickly, some people started to gravitate toward that. And, and John understands, no, we have got to lay this foundation. Jesus is God. Jesus is man. As Pastor mentioned already, he is the God-man. And those two ideas in one person is is essential to the Christian faith. And well, let's let's continue on, verse one. So we we've heard him, we've seen him with our eyes, and then he says at the middle of verse one, which we have looked upon. So there's a there's a, a more careful scrutiny. There's a consideration of person, but then this kind of is to me the coup de grace, and our hands have handled. Yeah, so it'd be one thing to hear, one thing to to look at, but you know I can I can hear the voice of a hologram, you know, and see a, but our hands have handled. We, we touched him. The Bible says that John laid his head upon Jesus' breast. No doubt there were frequent embraces and just the, the doing of life together. And John said, I'm here to tell you, we are here to tell you. I'm here as a representative of all of those of us that spent these years with him. Jesus is real. He sure is. And here John had really hands-on learning. You know, people often talk about hands-on learning. John said, I was able to touch Jesus. He was not just some ghost. He was real. I could touch him. And John is really emphasizing, again, that Jesus had to be in the flesh. John himself experienced that. The apostles experienced that. They knew beyond doubt that this error creeping in was exactly that. It was a a lie from Satan. Satan wanted to destroy that mentality. But John says, no, this is who Jesus is. We ourselves have experienced him. And what's interesting to me as well, John, is that when, when, when John chooses to introduce Jesus to his audience in 1 John, he doesn't say, hey, we, we heard, we saw, we looked on him, we felt him, Jesus. And he doesn't say, hey, we, we heard, we saw, we looked on him, we felt him, Christ. No, he says, we heard, we saw, we looked on him, we felt him, the word of life, the word of life. What, what, is, what, a, uh, what a depiction and what a description of Jesus, the word of life. So when I say to you, John, that Jesus is the word, let's just take that term alone. What, what, what does that mean? When I, when I hear that Jesus is the Word, it goes to my mind right away that Jesus is, He is the revelation of God in human flesh for us, and we find the Word of God. He is, we have the written Word of God, obviously, but then we have the living Word of God, and to see Jesus is to see God. He reveals God. That's why in John 14, Jesus says to the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, we, we don't have time to jump into the whole idea of the Trinity today uh, in great detail. And the Trinity, you know, it's difficult for us to understand that. We do have the Father, the Son, the Spirit. But the Bible does tell us in Colossians also that in Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We think about word. We think about communication. And when I think of Jesus being the word, I think he is the revelation of God. When we see him, we see God. Yeah, that's the point I wanted to bring out, that word really connotes communication. And we are only as trustworthy as our word. That's why James said in James 5, 
uh, above all things, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay, nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Why? Because a person's word is really the indication of his character. So when God revealed himself to man in this special way, the, the, the incarnation, this is the express image of God. And, and matter of fact, that's the very language of Hebrews chapter one. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he created the world. It's, he's the express image of God. So when, when John says that we, we've looked, we've felt, we've heard, this is the word. He's saying this is the communication, the accurate communication of God to us in a way that we can understand. Because how else could we understand God unless God came to us? I think that's Paul's point in Romans 10. We can't ascend to him, so he had to come to us. He, he had to make himself understandable to us. We can't become God. So God became man so that we could understand and bridge to God. And that's why the Bible says that Jesus is the one mediator between God and, and, and man, the man Christ Jesus. So Jesus as God, Jesus as man, that's the only bridge we have to God. Yeah, and I love, Pastor, how when John starts off, really in this first verse alone, John really hits head on the idea of Jesus being man and of Jesus being God. And when you compare this with what he wrote back in John chapter 1, you really just see here the word God in flesh that we might know God. And we'll get into this more along the way, I know beyond doubt. But here, Jesus is the God-man, and John wants people to know that and to live their lives based upon that truth. So he's the Word, so he's the communication. You can know God through Christ. We know God because of Christ. We relate to God through Christ. I mean, that, this, is, this is key. He's the word, but then I like what it says. Think, think about the rest of it. He's the word of life. He's the word of life. He's the communication of life to mankind. Our life is wrapped up in him. It's because of him that we can understand eternal life. It's because of him that we can have eternal life. It's because of him. He is our, when Christ who is our life, shall appear. It's all about Christ. And watch the parenthetical in verse number two, because it says, for the life was manifested. The life was manifested. The eternal life of God, the life that we need was manifested. So the word manifest means to make known. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld uh, we, we, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's the way by which God was made known. Yes, Pastor. John 1.14 that you just quoted is just a fantastic verse that goes right hand in hand here with the first part of 1 John. I mean, the, to think that the word was made flesh. I mean, that coupled with what John says right here is just a powerful, you know, thought about the word of God who came down and revealed God to us. And we, and we could see the life, the life. God, Jesus Christ is the life. And I think of how in John 6, you know, Jesus is called the bread of life and how that he tells the disciples, you know, uh, 
my, my words. They are spirit and they are life. Again, Jesus talks about his words and the communication, how that when we follow what Jesus tells us to do, that is how we have life is through the communication of God, through the Son of God. And it really harkens back to John's um, gospel. Because it, it and, and so much of what we're talking about here in verses 1 and 2 really are explained even a little bit more in detail in John 1, verses 1 through 14. And I think specifically about life where John said, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So all of the terms about which we'll speak and, and to, today, and we're just about done, but, but in, the, in the days that will follow, all of it have to do with, hey, he's our life, he's our light, he's our love. I mean, it's even alliterated for us. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful. Let, let's, let's finish the thought here in verse number two, just for sake of time. So the life was manifested. We have seen it. So again, John harkens back to that experience, the physicality, the humanity of Christ. We've seen it. We bear witness. But then here is the, here's kind of the, uh, the, 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 the transition. And we show unto you. So John knew Christ. John had no uh, doubt about who Jesus was. Uh, John spoke for on behalf of the, the apostle group to say, we, we get this, but we want you to know this. Because perhaps some of their faith had been shaken by the teachings of Serenthus and others that were uh, messing with the, the doctrine of the humanity of Christ. So he said, we show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, remember the eternal Son of God, and was manifested unto us. So what is John saying in essence in verse 2? Hey, we want you to know the Jesus that we know. The, the human Jesus, the eternal son who became man, who was real, whom we know, uh, who is our life, and who is offering himself to you as well. It is foundational how we view Jesus Christ. And we're going to see this as we go throughout the book in, in a lot more detail but this is why John starts with this, because this is, this is important. You know, and people who do not believe that Jesus is God, who came in the flesh, the God-man, they, they are not, no matter how nice they may seem, you know, they're peddling error. And that's why, that's why the Apostle Paul, so forcefully in Galatians 1, deals with the same issue about the gospel of Jesus Christ, because who Jesus Christ is, is of utmost importance in our beliefs to know whether we are right with God or not. Yeah, you can be wrong. <laughs> about a lot of secondary issues in Christianity. And we can differ on tertiary issues in Christianity. But boy, when it comes to who Jesus is, when it comes to the essence of the gospel, well, we, we've got to get this right. And the book of 1 John is, is leading with that truth. And boy, we need to get it. So I hope that helps today. Hope you have a great day uh, in the Lord. Looking forward to jumping into verse 3 next episode. Uh, that's it for now. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.